Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Everybody, welcome back to Elder Scrolls Off the Record for episode number 28. We are getting close to episode 30. So close. Uh, sorry about the delay in the recording. We had some scheduling conflicts that occurred. So we're a bit about a day late, but you still get your episode for the week, we promise. That means you only have to wait six more days for the next one. And I am Joe the Widget Wilson, and joining me, as always, is the man who has got the plan, Mystery Varwin. I got a plan, dude. I got a plan. You got to hear this. You always got a plan. They're always cool. I got a plan. All right, here's the plan. You guys ready? You ready for the plan? I forgot it. <laughs> oh, damn. All right. Well, the plan is a bust, but we have someone who knows the entire backstory of the forgotten plan, Mr. Lewis Alon. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Joe. Hello, Evarwin. Hello, everyone in the chat room. This is plan G, right? Yeah. <laughs> is it? I don't know. You tell me. Is you it? got the backstory. <laughs> oh, Hang on, hang on. Ah. Forget it, forget it, forget it. Once upon a time, there was once a plan that Joel had and gave it to Ivarwin. And Ivarwin was like, I have a plan. And then he forgot it. <laughs> I go take a poop in the sun now. Oh, speaking of which, on our Minecraft server, someone built in a giant um, pile of poo on sand. And says, <laughs> and it's, there's a sign that says Prego was here. Prego, you're Prego. famous! <laughs> He's sitting right here next to my mic, and he's all excited now. <laughs> it is poop in boots. <laughs> poop in boots. <laughs> all right, before we get way off topic, what are Four. our sponsors? Joe, we have two sponsors today. As always, Doghouse Systems and Tweaked Audio. If you are in the market for a brand new gaming computer, you can go ahead and check out doghousesystems.com. They make custom built desktops and laptops specifically designed for gaming. That's you. You're a gamer and they have designed these with you in mind. These guys are gamers too, by the way. They're totally into StarCraft. They love all the recent games that have been coming out. I've been talking to them regularly. Great, great bunch of guys. Um, which they're going to take care of you to that end. All right. They offer some of the best customer service out there. You definitely want to check them out. All right. Their desktop start at 1295 laptops start at 1995 and they build them according to your specs. Okay. Dropping the code off the record when you go to checkout and they will double your memory for free. So you're going to get even more value on top of a beautifully crafted computer. That's designed specifically for the, the way that you want. Additionally, all right you're going to get their amazing customer service, which is 24-7, 24-7 customer service. So definitely check out doghousesystems.com. 
TweakedAudio.com is also helping us out as well. And I'd like to tell you that if you are in the re- the market for some pretty awesome earbuds, you got to check these guys out. Now, Joe and I and everyone here at, at QGN has been uh, privy to to the uh, the Tweaked Audio headphones. All right. It comes in a whole bunch of awesome styles. Tweaked, uh, let's see, uh, California classic, uh, parkour and natural with six colors as well. Red, blue, green, black, silver and wood. They have an optional microphone as well on some of these. So it makes it perfect for your uh, your cell phone. And they're designed for great sound quality. And by that, I mean that you're going to get a whole bunch. There's a lot of little features that come to these things that come with these things that you you don't normally get. Okay. They have uh, um, nylon woven cords. All right. As well as, uh, and it, I said it was brass last week. It's not. I was corrected. It's actually gold. They have a, a, a gold jack that conducts electricity and makes the sound come out of these. The sound quality is, is a heck of a lot better. And before we, before I tell you about the the thirty uh, percent off uh, code that you'll get for the uh, the off the record code, and the free shipping that you get for the off the record code, <laughs> I want to tell you that I actually broke my my headphones this week. Oh, really? My cat. Yes, my cat Brago. He got a hold of them when I was out, and he chewed them. Oh no! Yeah, right in half. I called them up, and I didn't tell them who I was. I I, I just wanted to test this because they they also say that they're going to give you a lifetime warranty. All right. I called him up and I said, I literally said, my cat chewed my headphones in half. What can you do for me, if anything? They said, oh, no problem. We're going to get these out to you right away. We have a lifetime warranty. We're going to send you brand new ones free of charge. I was like, what? Nice. And I have like, we have like the $34 ones because it comes with the microphone. Mm -hmm. So they just sent me $34 headphones for free. No questions asked. I told them my cat mangled them. (laughs) I love those things. I was out mowing the lawn today, and I had yeah. the uh, the classic with the microphone. I was and I had it on my phone. I was listening to music while I was mowing the lawn, and the noise canceling property of those works like a charm. Yeah, I haven't had that kind of a, a test on them yet, but it actually it actually canceled out most of the the noise coming from your lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Almost all cool. of it. Yeah, it was great. Wow. That's awesome. Cool. Um, all right, when you head over to tweakedaudio.com and uh, and you buy one of these amazing headphones. Okay, plug in the code off the record at checkout. You're going to get 30% off plus free shipping worldwide. And don't forget about that amazing, amazing lifetime warranty. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Tweakedaudio.com. All right. We have a lot to get into, but we also have a sponsorship from Mr. Robert H. And we'd like to thank him very, very much for his elite sponsorship. I don't know if you guys caught on to that or not. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. Well, I mean, he he did he did. Uh, I think he wanted the the entire name. Uh, Robert. Oh, one is Robert Herbert. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, this additional additionally, we'd also like to thank Robert Herbert for his uh, his sponsorship for today. So this show, buddy, is dedicated to you, Robert Herbert. Thank you so much. Here's to you, Mister Sponsor Man. Here's to you, Robert Herbert. I just sang, dude. Yeah. Um. I might edit that out. I'm not sure yet. All right. <laughs> we have a we have a show to get into. Unfortunately, Dave could not make it today. He had other arrangements because we changed the time. We're sorry, Dave. We love you. And have fun tonight. And we'll see him next week. But for now, we have the what? The what? Uh, what? what? <laughs> the, the blue milk and, blue milk and death sticks. 
close enough, mm, we have the meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes! Oh, oh. But uh, Lou's little playthrough note kind of you know caught my attention. He just says, killed a lot of stuff. So, Lou, I'm letting you go first. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yes, I am going back full bore on my assassin character. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm You're loving it. Full bore. Yes. This is actually the highest character I've had so far within the game. What, uh, level 20? Alta Hawk, 29. Oh, almost, yay! Almost 30, but I had to stop and come here. That's actually <laughs> that's actually higher than what you told me last night, which at the time I think was like 26. Yes, I actually went in a marathon <laughs> all day today. Lou, you're a beast. It's crazy. You're an animal. So how are you playing this character again? Oh, this is the dual-wielding assassin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finally, well, I became the listener for the Dark Brotherhood before we started the challenge. And right now, I'm just doing the, the additional... listener! Oh, God. <laughs> Somebody had to do it. Oh, my I'm God. Ah, now it. I want to use something. Now I'm going to get a pen and jam it in my eye. <laughs> Come here, Cicero. Come here. Let me choke the life out of you. Indeed. Slowly. Slowly. I'll just... Ugh. Human taxidermy. High pitch voice this! Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I've just been doing all the additional contracts that the Night Mother's giving me, and I actually started the Thieves Guild quest line as well. I'm really? loving that. I'm looking at both sets of arms like, hmm. I still haven't done 100% yet on the Thieves Guild. Because... Yeah, I actually want to go for the Nightingale look. Because I've seen what that armor looks like. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to finish it up and get that armor. The interesting thing about the Thieves Guild people don't understand is once you complete the main story, it's not complete. You have to restore the Thieves Guild. And that requires a considerable amount of time. That's where the long part goes in. You have to do... I haven't done it yet myself, but I understand you have to get a certain amount of things done in each city to restore the reputation in each city of the Thieves Guild. Oof, I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> I mean, I'm, right now, let's see, I'm on... I had just done the part... I actually wanted the first mission from Avon Blackbriar. I have to go back to Rift and turn that in. Mm. All right, this is the one after you burn the, the beehives. So, yes... Hunting, the Hunting Brew Meteor. I finished that mission. Oh, I just finished nice. that one today. And I just turned it in and she gave me another one. So I'm on, I'm on that right now. Did you find the uh, bee in the jar? Yes, I did. Right Still there. It. I have an interesting story about that. I forgot who I was talking to on Skype, but I was doing that quest for the first time. I think it was Dave. I don't know. But he's like, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to spoil anything about this. You'll see. Just go in that cave. It'll be okay. And then that, that sorcerer dude kicks my butt. I die, and I yell at Dave for five minutes for not telling me about him. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> anyway, I'm such a rude person for interrupting you. <laughs> no, but the thing is, I've also... One of the mods I've used, or I'm using right now, is, it's actually called Black Sacrament. And what that does is actually puts a new location uh, just outside of Whiterun. And it's its own Assassin's Guild, uh, where you can hire assassin, other Assassin NPCs to come with you. You know, the fully moddable, meaning, yeah, you can do whatever you want. The fully capable, using whatever weapons, armor, you can give them, what have you. Mm-hmm. And they come with their own merchant, you know, fully equipped, like the enchanting table, smithy, everything's there. And some really kick-ass weapons are on the wall, too, you can buy as well. Um, and I like what this uh, person did, and uh, they kept these weapons within limits. I mean, they didn't go OP with them, so I've used those as well, along with the Jace of Swords mod. <laughs> for weapons. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. And loving it. And let me just tell you, for this, being this is my highest level character, 
and experiencing this part of this, you know, this part of the game for the first time, it's awesome. You know, I just can't wait to finish up and just keep going further with it. Yeah, because now that you're getting higher up in level, you're starting to feel, you know, all the power. And it's now now it's not just about, you know, gameplay style or combat style for you. Now it's how how can I advance my favorite my favorite one of those styles? Mm-hmm. And you're starting to you're starting to get there. And I, I gotta imagine that's gotta be super exciting for you. Oh yeah, I mean I've got my sneak past uh, sixty five already. Archery. I've been using that a lot now, so that's past isn't sneak so like BA once you get it like kind of high? Yeah, I, I'm starting to see that. We're like, hey, I'm right in front of you. Yeah. Can you not see me? Look, I didn't. I even left the torch on for you. I'm right here. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll give you the courage. Just turn around. I'll stab you from the back. <laughs> from the front would just be too insulting. <laughs> just turn around. <laughs> Are you getting a lot of those throat cutting? Yes, throat I camps? actually invested points in uh, one handed, so I actually have the decapitation perk going and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's awesome it's better with dual wielding i just love <laughs> that sequence they that just put out with the two uh two weapons mm-hmm. mm. if that isn't just a big middle finger to your target i don't know what is <laughs> <laughs> and since i had my scope so high in archery at the at this time you know i'm getting a lot of archery kill cam shots as well and just maybe it's not as fun but it's still nice to see like yeah a little arrow flying go yep Next. <laughs> Next target. Nice. Now you, know, now you see my addiction. Yes. Yes, but the thing is, I want to try and avoid uh, using archery too much because I do want to keep her uh, dual wielding. You know, the up close and personal. But, uh, you know, the archery is still fun and I'm still, still going to dump points into it. So, But the way you play, Joe, I'm actually thinking about just making another character eventually. And that one's just going to be the pure ranged uh, character. You know, pure ranger. Well, hybrid ranger. Lots of archery, but then some melee just in case, you know. In case the bow goes wrong, <laughs> something gets too close. What about um, maybe a little uh, a little illusion magic in that? You know, there's a, a couple of fear spells. I know there's one for sure, and I think there might be a second fear spell in illusion. Or like there's a, well, I shouldn't say fear spells, but I should say there's a lot of crowd controlling effects in illusion. And if you're not looking to to um, do the the companion thing, you know. You just want to be a lone archer. The illusion tree will give you those those crowd control spells that that could put you, you know, in a better situation if you as if you didn't had it then. Right, gives you a better opportunity to control control more of the fight. My way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, oh, oh! I finally uh, let's see. I was actually in Volkskog getting one of the words of power, and every playthrough I've gotten to on all my characters. I get to that one last Draugr Lord that just seems to whoop my butt. This time I'm like, you know what? After the ninth time dying on him, I was like, screw this. I'm just going to run past him out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Just for him, finish up that that, that particular tomb just to kick his rear. Yeah. Is that the same Uh, place that you have to go into for the Brotherhood? mm, No. Okay. No, I think this is the one where you find that, that maybe Olaf's verse for the Bard College. But I think it's in that same room with that Draga Lord, and that's, he's the one that keeps killing me. So mm. I just ran out the back door, <laughs> right behind his throne. That that works. I've done that plenty of times. Trust me. <laughs> yes, yeah, only to realize that just outside that uh, that rear entrance, the Volkskog is one of the dragon priests. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I can just see you running past this guy. He's like bursts out of his coffin. Booga, 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 booga. I'm a dragon lord. Oh, no, 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 no. You're like, what's going on, bro? Ooh. Out the door. Dude. <laughs> Save healing up. All of a sudden, realize, oh, wait, that's another crypt right there. What? Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I see him. I was like, oh, all right, let me see what I can do. And I actually managed to kill him and actually got one of the first dragon priest masks, um, Bolson. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, so I actually got that. Uh, what helped me was a lot of, uh, I carry a ton of poison on me, whether it's the weak lingering, the frostbite venom, what have you, and every chance I had to apply it and stick it on there, pause, apply the poison, yes, thank you, and just keep wailing away on this guy. And it, oh, it was nice just seeing him go down. Do you, do you make your own poison? In, no, in, not yet. No? no, I've been dumping a lot of, uh, I actually should, though, because I did just buy the, the uh, the alchemy table and put it in the Dawnstar Sanctuary, but I get to use it. Hell yeah! Yeah, <laughs> I have a ton of mats too because I'm I'm just prepping for eventually I get around to it because I have like two chests in Dovkin Hideout that's just pure mats. <laughs> <laughs> I harvest everything and just dump them there. Does your Dovkin Hideout still work? Mm-hmm. Ah oh, man. See, uh, we'll get to it later. But oh, sorry, Lou. I sense a story here. Yeah, we'll get to it later. It'll be it'll be an easier place later. All right then. So, yeah, that's been my through. <laughs> well, cool. I'm, now I'm interested. If I don't know about you, man. Uh yeah. So I've been having a, kind of a, a pretty a pretty gosh darn cool week in Skyrim. Um, oh, it's uh it's been pretty neato, peachy keen, guys. <laughs> okay, Rich. that's the bee's knees. <laughs> Gee whiz, Daddy O. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to insert. Cool, Mister C. <laughs> Mr. J. <laughs> Sorry, I was pre-show nonsense. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been playing a little bit different this week. I I'm not really like too happy. I've been I picked up my paladin again. Um, so I'm playing my my paladin, and I'm not too happy with like the DPS that was coming out of my my um, my mace. Mm-hmm. My one-handed mace. So I was sort of like, as of like last week, uh, been trying to get back into my smithing so I can, you know, kind of do whatever I can in order to increase the DPS on on my mace. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> uh, I have I have leveled myself up using smithing. Okay, I am now creating dwarven armor. I made a full dwarven armor set. I mean, this dude, my paladin is walking around with the armor, the gauntlets. The boots, the headpiece, I've got the bow, the mace, and yes, the two-handed mace. And, to top it all off, the huge shield that might as well look like the Hoover Dam made out of gold. (laughs) Oh yeah, baby! Oh yeah! (laughs) So now you actually are a gold-gilded paladin walking on Tamriel? I look freaking ridiculous in this thing. (laughs) Everyone else, I'm like... Three times the size of every other NPC in Skyrim. It's it's hysterical. It's absolutely hysterical. I should my my horse should be on my back. <laughs> Poor horsey. <laughs> All feel, that weight of that armor and weapons. Come on, dude. Come like, on. Yeah. You're killing me, really, with a two-handed weapon. Come on. <laughs> Poor horsey. Um, so I, I I made all that stuff. I have a full superior set of dwarven armor now. Nice, oh, superior, superior. The, Indeed, the Dwarven armor doing. for the uh, the sexy set, one of the best. 
Just saying. Yes. Do uh do you get like a like a piece of gold as as a piece of floss in your butt? <laughs> well, pretty much all you get is just one little plate covering the the important part, the heart. Right. <laughs> Everything else is exposed. Everything else is exposed. <laughs> <laughs> this is Heavy Metal Magazine meets Skyrim. Yeah, pretty Skyrim. much. So I, uh, how did I score like all this this awesome dwarven metal? I was walking around in um, Understone Keep in Markarth. I initially ran over to that side of the map because it's probably like the least explored area for myself. I'm always on the eastern portion of the map. So and I, I got sick of it. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've made characters and I'm on that side of the map and I, I never really get to going over there. So I'm like, you know what? The heck with this nonsense. I took I took a cart. I got myself over there. And here here I am because I was I was looking for dwarven metal and I figured let me let me check out you know some of the some of the you know dwarven dungeons and and uh, I happened I happened to be correct in this instance um, so I went to the Understone Keep following a quest trail and it's been great I've been finding you know dwarven metal all over the place um, huge huge twenty five pound chunks of like this this uh, dwarven metal just laying on the ground I had like four of those in my inventory at one point. Um, dwarven plates are great for this metal. Basically, anything that says you know dwarven metal in it, you can actually melt down as a smith and fashion into the ingots in order to make your armor pieces. Oh yeah. So that's what I've been doing, and it's been it's been great because I was able to make that full set of of superior dwarven armor and and weapons. So I I turned my mace into a superior mace and that two-handed mace that I have that I've been lugging around um, is just a great addition to to my play style. So I've been using that as well and I enchanted it with, uh, it's got a little minor enchant on it because um, my enchanting is, is not as high as, as my, my smithing, which I got up to 33. Um, so my I put a 10 point uh, frost and stamina damage on my, my warhammer. Nice. So every time I go whipping that thing around, yeah. So I'm I'm eating I'm eating up health and stamina points from from mobs. You know, if you're if you really want to level enchanting, you should put the get soul steel on that that weapon. Actually, I was just about to tell you, I have it on my mace. Oh. And and my bow. It's um no, I'm sorry. I have it on my mace and I have fear on my bow. So uh, which was I, there was no strategy in that. It was just like, okay, I've got, I've got the mats for that, and it'll probably level me up, so let me just throw it on there. But it turned out to be pretty good because now what happens is, and this actually worked very well for me in Understone Keep, um, I go walking into one of the chambers, and the game kind of like bugged out a little bit and tossed all of the, the Falmer that were supposed to be in that chamber all at the entrance at one of the rooms inside the chamber. So I go walking into this chamber... And I walked down the hall a little bit, and they like there was like six Falmer just like they just dropped out of the sky and just started like walking around a little bit, like you know, okay, we're alive now. <laughs> Hi there, <laughs> here. We, yeah, how do I how do I fulfill my primary programming? Okay, there's that guy. Let's kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like six of these suckers on me. So I freaked out. I was like, ah. So I whipped out my bow real quick, and I shot, and I did not mean to do this. Okay, I spazzed out is what happened. Instead of, I've got the um, the Razer Naga mouse. It's a gaming mouse. It's got 12 buttons on, on the left-hand side. Oh, yeah. I have um, hotkey one and two as my mace and my, my shield, respectively, on my mouse. 
hotkey number three, and, and you probably now figure out what happened to me, is my bow. So <laughs> I have all these guys running at me, and I, I literally freaked out. I may have girly squealed like you just heard, um, but I'll never admit to it. I backed up, <laughs> and instead of hitting the one and two button, I, I hit the one button, and my mace comes popping out, and then I rolled over and hit the three button. So my mace went back in, and then my my <laughs> bow came out. So now I've got the bow, and I'm already, like, depressing the the uh, the mouse button. And I was like, oh, that's not the wrong thing. That's the wrong thing. Oh, my God, I, what am I doing to myself? And then I let go of the, the, uh, the button, and I pop off a an arrow and I I, I happened to hit and it was like a, one of those little you know half-assed dinky poles so it, it, it wouldn't have gone anywhere if it wasn't for the fact that one of the Falmer was like already in my face so I accidentally hit a Falmer in the face with the arrow and I just happened to have picked the one arm piece of, of gear that I had that has a, a fear effect to it so I <laughs> I accidentally hit the bow I accidentally shot a farmer in the face and unwittingly feared him in uh, running away. <laughs> so you accidentally shot him in the face. Accidentally shot him in the face. Yeah, I totally didn't mean to do it. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to take out my mace and my shield. <laughs> so once that 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 epic failure of awesomeness occurred, <laughs> I, I don't know how I got out of adolescence. By you know, the way, it might be those kind of those movies. It's a miracle. You know, those movies where they're like. Some noob has a gun in their hands. They're trying to figure out how to do it, how to use it in a stressful situation. Accidentally hit it, and it fires, and it kills the bad guys. They're coming up to him. They didn't even see. That's exactly That's what happened. How I, yeah, how I, how I thought yeah. about it. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Jar Jar Binks has that droid attached to his his ankle, and he's like. <laughs> What he's really <laughs> he's doing is droids coming after him. Yeah, he's really trying to hide from the droids and th- that are surrounding him, but he accidentally gets the them to he accidentally shoots all of the ones around him like that's kind of what happened here <laughs> i guess i don't know how i survived past 18 <laughs> by all accounts i should be dead <laughs> we all don't know how we survived past 18 yeah i don't know <laughs> so uh especially you you had your chest collapse at a karate tournament <laughs> so anyway um all right, so like that that whole thing happened, and I, I managed to get one guy feared for approximately ten seconds. That was just long enough for me to to whip out my sword and shield, and just badass myself all over the other guys. <laughs> so this one guy, he, I'm surrounded by three of them. I back up and jump down a stairway to kind of like funnel them into a corridor and get them one at a time. This guy comes at me. He's got a power charge attack coming at me. I stun him with my shield and then start wildly swinging at him with my one-handed mace and actually kill him without the other two coming at me. One of the other guys is a melee guy. The next guy coming at me is a melee guy, and I basically do the same thing with him. But I've got the third guy in the back who's ranged, so he's hitting me with with poisoned arrows. So even though I'm doing a good job with that second melee guy, my health is going down a lot faster than it was with the first one because now I'm being poisoned. Mm-hmm. So I got to run away. I'm healing myself, which was good because I, I picked up a couple of new um, a new resto a couple of new resto spells. I got fast healing, which you need a ton of mana for, by the way, and I don't have enough mana for it. So I, I figured that out while I was running away. And I'm like pressing my buttons. I'm like, why is this not working? Oh, I don't have the mana for dual wielding fast heals. So let me use one button. <laughs> so, 
All right, that kind of worked. <laughs> so I got I got fast healing and then healing hands, which I didn't realize is a spell that you can heal others with. So yeah. now I I have to yeah. So now I, now I have to get a companion to see how this works. <laughs> um, so I, I healed myself. I killed the melee guy and then I took my bow out and shot the ranged guy. So he went running away just as the other guy comes back. Kill that other guy. Run over to the. Um, to the ranged guy who's now unfeared and coming back at me, kill him by. <laughs> I, I was able to like block one of his his arrows that came at me, which I didn't think I had that perk, but I guess I do. So I I blocked it with my shield, which was awesome, and then I went into him, Fusro dot all over his face, and then spanked him with my mace. <laughs> <laughs> epic win! Epic win! <laughs> Yourself. <laughs> So that that was a lot of fun, and I I, I laughed myself stupid for for ten minutes after that because I should have died. <laughs> Liz just messaged me in Skype and said, uh, "OMG, Ivarin is a Jar Jar of Skyrim." Oh, oh, dude, yeah. she played that card. Oh. oh, oh man. Well, it's my own fault. I compared myself to Jar Jar, so at least I'm not young Anakin. I'm not the worst <laughs> thing that's happened to Star Wars. I'm just the second worst thing. <laughs> I don't know, man. That Jar Jar. Anyway, yeah. So that's it for me. That's that's been. Oh, I found the lover stone, which is awesome. Uh, I now have uh, my skills level up fifteen percent faster, and that is that is it. I'm gonna try and get through Understone Keep for the uh, for the rest of this week. Um, it's it's a lot bigger than I thought it was, and then after that, I have the the dwarven museum to get through, which I'm looking forward to. Not sure how I should play that though as a paladin, but I'll I'll figure that out. Can I do the I, I told you to, I told you so dance? Sure. I told you so. I told you so. I gotta <laughs> oil my chair. It's too squeaky. <laughs> are you? Are your? Are your arms flapping in the air like you're doing the chicken dancing? <laughs> kind of like a two fists closed in front of me doing a rotation around. You know that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Kind of fist pumping Jersey Shore style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little, a little snooky in your Skyrim. <laughs> wow. No. More like, more like Scrubs. She, okay. Scrubs. Right. There we go. Much better. She's a monster, that girl. Have you seen her up close? I try Snooki? to avoid Oof. seeing her. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Probably anyway. a bag over the head during the pregnancy thing is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that might have been required. <laughs> wow. Sorry. She won't hear this. Whatever. Better <laughs> of alcohol. <laughs> you know that had yeah, that definitely happened. <laughs> Here. Hang on, I need some more liquid courage. Give me one second. Hang on. <laughs> I, I um, need to drink more of this. I have a newcomer tip, which is kind of what what uh, what what Lou was was leaning on a little bit. If you'll if you guys will indulge me, don't go to Skyrim Nexus anymore, guys. All right, use the Steam Workshop for your mods. And this is kind of what what you know I was talking a little bit about with Lou. Um, I had Dovahkiin Hideout, which was my one of my favorite mods. But recently, I've been noticing like a lot of bugs, a lot of visual bugs happening with with um, with Skyrim, and I kind of figured like it might be my mods. So I turned all my mods off, and sure enough, the game started running perfectly. So one of them must not have been up to date or, or whatever. I don't know what it was. I just turned them all off, and then once I realized that was going on, and then I realized that most of my mods that I downloaded were not being, you know, updated. And despite using um, the uh, Skyrim Nexus installer to to update them, I was still having problems. So I, I took them all off my computer. I took the uh, Skyrim Nexus um, install 
off my computer. The mod manager, excuse me. It's called the mod manager. I took that off my computer. And I took a took a page out of Joe's advice and I went to Steam Workshop and everything works beautifully. Joe's 100% right with that. 100% right. So from now on, every mod that we cover on this show, I'm going straight to Steam Workshop because I know your experience will be best with Steam Workshop. You go there, download the mod, it uploads, you subscribe to the mod, and then once you run um, Skyrim, it automatically installs it and you're good to go. There's no instructions. There's no, you know, opening up, searching uh, folders, none of that garbage. All right. So Steam Workshop, try that out. If you're a newcomer and you're into modding and you want to mod for this game, Steam Workshop's where it's at. Very good advice. Thank you, sir. Uh, speaking of speaking of mods, dude, I uh, downloaded the Moon Path to Elsewhere. Yes. The one we covered yes, back yes. a while back. And yeah, I have a lot to say about it, actually. I've played through pretty much all of it. And there's... I gotta say, it's a lot of fun. But despite the bugs and some of the really bad stuff I'm gonna talk about, it is a lot of fun. It feels kind of like a little mini DLC. Like one of those $3 DLCs that you would normally get for a game, you know, that adds another five hours of gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the be- How does it look? How does Elsewhere look? Is it cool? I don't know if I've actually seen the city Elsewhere yet. I haven't. Only little parts. It's all about getting to Elsewhere. Okay. It's why it's called the Moon Path to Elsewhere. Um... The negative things I've seen in it is is the story is kind of badly written. A lot of times right. I was looking at it going, um, say what? I think my 10-year-old son would say that. My 12-year-old son. Um, really, 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 really bad voice acting in a lot of parts. To where <laughs> I took and no longer, when they were talking, I took my earphones off and just read the dialogue instead. Wow, that bad, huh? It is that bad. Wow. Your, your Prego impression, one million times better. Really? Really. Oh, yeah. There was like one or two that do it that that do it pretty decently. That do it pretty good. And the audio quality is pretty good. But there's some where the audio quality was so bad. It it sounded like they were recording themselves with a $10 USB headset microphone in in an amphitheater. (laughs) (laughs) Wally, what's the weather like out there? Space weather! It's still raining! (laughs) Thanks, Wally. Our Asian reporter, Trisha Takanawa. <laughs> I'm, uh, I started out at level 21 doing this, and I'm level 24 now, but the mobs are a bit hard. They will, the basic ones will spank you if you're not careful. Um, some scenarios put an archer or a thief or not, or a assassin in a very bad situation. They force you to be publicly visible and have mobs just right there in front of you as soon as you zone in. And even if you're sneaking when you're zoning in, they'll still see you and attack. One of the cases, there's a, a, a point where you're on an airship that you stole from Thalmar flying to elsewhere. And a Thalmar ship crashes into your ship and you have to fight off the Thalmar that crashed in. As soon as you go from the lower decks up to the top, it immediately puts you in with about seven to nine Thalmar soldiers and mages right there waiting for you. Wow. And it, it took me probably a good 15 20 minutes zoning back in down below so i can heal myself really quick zoning back up to kill some more to finally do it um it took but the positives thing are it's for one it's a hell of a lot of fun it really is very well done scenery it looks beautiful it looks like nothing else in skyrim but the graphics are right on par with the rest of skyrim um that's awesome they added new monsters like the thalmar have this big ugly like ogreish brute that they have, mm-hmm. pain in the neck takedown, and he'll launch you 
kind of like what a a giant will do. Um, they t- they took the giant cockroaches and made them about ten times bigger. Oh, yeah. right, massive churros, massive cockroaches. They have new crabs. They have um, and you get to fight a lot of Thalmor. That's one of the po- the big pods. You get to fight a lot of Thalmor. The main instigator of the storyline. Um, it's very well animated in most cases. Like the the new like they're the moon cows they call them. They look really cool. I was extremely impressed with that. The characters are well animated. You get some new armor. You get looks like looks like some new spells. I can't tell or not. But I found mm-hmm. some spell books worth like nine hundred gold, and I've never seen them before. And and other little goodies like new alchemy recipe, new alchemy reagents, and things like that that you can find all over the place. And they did a really good job of keeping legit uh, the Khajiit lore, from what I can tell. And it's wow. new land to explore. I mean, a lot of the um, like dungeons are very small, straightforward. Walk here's here's the path, take it. Yeah, and that's kind of annoying, but it's still a lot of fun. Well, it sounds it sounds pretty great. I mean, for you know something that is obviously done by you know a, a lone person for free um, on their computer at home. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it sounds like it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive. From what I understand, it was actually a team of people that did it. Okay, and they did a very very good job. I mean, for being a free like expansion pack, if you will, yeah. they did very well. Um, Moon Path to right. Elsewhere, guys, you gotta check it out. It's it's worth it. There's a couple of bugs here and there, but but dude, I was so excited about the whole riding patch. Okay, mm-hmm. I went and got on my horse. I went and bought a horse with the last thousand gold I had. So I'm riding around like I'm an archer riding a horse. I get to shoot. As soon as I pulled my bow out, my girl popped up on top of the horse, standing on top of the horse, stiff as a board. When I tried to shoot, the bow would go out. No arrows would be missing. It wouldn't shoot at all. Oh. And as soon as I put the horse in sprint, my girl started running on top of the horse. <laughs> oh, no. I have like 30 mods. I took, I removed like over 20 of them trying to figure out what the heck's going on with this. And then it didn't make a difference. All the visual mods and everything that that could conflict, not yeah. conflicting. So I don't know. It could it could be that you know the mods not updated for the brand new patch that came out. Yeah, I think it is a mod conflict somewhere. But I know that a few people have been saying that it they're kind of like eh about the patch. But you gotta keep in one mind. This is something free. It's new. It's free. Why not? Even if it doesn't True. work for me. But that's probably my fault with the the mods I have. But right now I'm, I'm just I just avoid it, and I am so much in love with my archery again. Oh, and some of the physics in the elsewhere are kind of screwy. So like I was fighting one of those giant troll like dudes from um, the brutes they call them the Thalmar brutes, and I hit him with okay, a yeah. kill shot all the way across the map. Hit him in the forehead. He went flying. I would say a good fifty feet in the air. Like I was the troll. Like I was a giant that hit him and landed <laughs> on the other side of the map where the endpoint was. And I was at the beginning. It was wow. classic watching it. But, uh, <laughs> man, I love kill. Oh, I got another really screwy kill fam, too. And that was in the regular game. What happened? Another time, I did another kill shot, and I hit this guy square in the in the knee, literally the knee, and he flew, did three flips. <laughs> Took an arrow to the knee? <laughs> you gave him the arrow to the knee. I gave him the arrow to the knee. <laughs> he did three flips in midair up this tower, about three stories up. Slammed into the wall, and my camera was watching this entire thing right up at him. Slammed into the roof and fell straight down. Wow. With the arrow still stuck in his knee. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you don't mess those arrows with the knee, man. Yeah, not, not at all. Or my epic pew pew. It used to be a mob. A mob. <laughs> <laughs>
until he took an arrow. You <laughs> <laughs> speed enemies like that. Anyway, to play to kill player characters, and then he took arrows to the knee. <laughs> Liz is saying it's my sexy armor mod. I took it off actually, to my yeah. to my displeasure, to see if it would be that was the cause, and it was not. So I was happy yeah. and, and squealed and put it back on so I can see the song. Um, I've been doing a lot with my trade skills still. I'm at levels. I hit level sixty today in blacksmithing. I have a full set of orc armor modified, and Very nice. I have my enchanting at equal at nearly the same level. Wow! So I'm building that up because I have I have soul trap on every single one of my weapons just in case. Dude, what kind of tips can you give me for like for like smithing to to level it up faster? I kind of use a, a, a mod that. The advanced um, uh, melting gun, the um, smelting, advanced smelting mod. Okay. So I use that. I break down old armor to get new ignits, which allows you to do that. And you can take 100 gold coins and melt it down to a gold bar, which makes sense to me. I mean, I don't feel that's too much of an exploit because it kind of makes sense. You would do that in real life. If you had gold coins, you can melt it down to make gold bar. Duh. Yeah. And I use that to make gold rings, and I make smelt those down back into gold bars. And I make more rings. But the thing is about that is what it, how it works is it takes four gold rings to make one ignit. But you can only make two gold rings from one ignit. So you, you're still losing out. Yeah. But the best thing to do yeah. is to get a lot of leather and make hide bracers. And I also have the lock picking thing that allows me to make lock picks. And I use that a lot too. Does it matter if if uh, the, the, the material that I use? Or is it just... You know, uh, the amount of times I am smithing per level will get me. It's the amount of times what I've seen. Okay, so I can just I can just spam leather bracers. Yeah, all day long. But obviously, the eventually... more you're you're gonna have to make more to get the higher levels. So it might take right. like six leather leather bracers to go from level ten to eleven in blacksmithing. But when you go from sixty nine to seventy, it might take sixty. Okay. Okay. All right. And then if I decide to. You know, because I, I noticed that when I was when I was smithing my dwarven armor, I had gained levels a little faster than I did when I was making leather bracers. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know if uh, it know, does, but it, was, it's I also I believe you do get like if you use, if you smith the items that are currently kind of like the, way, the same way as enchanting. If you use like a, a gold diamond bracelet or a gold diamond you know ring. And you enchant that, you're going to get a lot more experience for enchanting that than a standard golden ring. Right. I think it works the same way. If you're enchanting, like, say, you're in Dwarven, if you're making Dwarven items, you're going to get more for it. But the flip side of that is it's a lot more expensive and time-consuming to get the materials to make Dwarven armor than it is to make hide bracers. Gotcha. Okay. And if you go to the um, the first smithing place you normally go to, which is in Winter... Not Winter Run. White Run. There's that girl blacksmith and her husband who's inside selling stuff yeah yeah you, you can yeah. buy double the materials right there uh war maidens yeah i think the same of them mm-hmm. yep so you have the two blacksmiths right there so you can buy like leather from each one of them at the same time wait 48 hours buy more leather wait 40 hours buy more leather and you can complete that cycle and i buy a lot of iron to make either iron daggers or uh, lock picks i'll work on that then but the gold ring if you get the advanced smelting um, I forgot. I'll, I'll have to tell you the name of mod later. And you do the whole gold ring cycle. That's a lot more efficient than anything else. Especially if you have like gems on your on your person, you can make oh, yeah. gemmed jewelry, and that levels you up even faster. Really? Yes. Yeah, I I got I got a lot of those. Cool. All right. Yeah, I'll look into that. 
but that's it, man. I'm just archering away, high level archery, and just finishing up Yay. elsewhere. When I get done with that, I'm gonna go <laughs> do the um, the book, uh, Dwimmer, not Dwimmer, but um, Daedra Quest, where you get the book at the end of it that levels you up on your skill sets. Because I want to go through um, Blackreach again. I want to go to Dwimmer Ruins to get all those those uh, soul crystals from. And right. then mine them down there in Blackreach. That's the best way to level enchanting. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You go down there and you Point. mine them. You wait. I, there's a, a certain amount of time. I forgot what the time is. But if you wait long enough, those nodes will reset. And you can go remine them again. I know where I'm taking my mining pick. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's where I'm headed. That's where I'm <laughs> headed next. That's where I finish up the road to elsewhere. I'm almost done with it. Moonpath to elsewhere. All right. Do we have anything else, guys, before we move on to our next segment? Uh, let's see. Let me just take a quick look in the chat room. I know, uh, point three repeating was, was going crazy with something. Uh, he's saying, he's saying jewelry, make jewelry. Oh my God. Make so much jewelry. Get transmute spell from halted stream camp. Yes. I actually have that. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I got that a long time ago. I have, I actually had that uh, spell ready. Right. Uh, barfing keeps saying pew, pew, pew. Guys, we do read the <laughs> chat room, but please don't be a pain in the neck and constantly trying to repeat yourself in caps. We do see you. We just don't always, can't always respond, okay? We'll get to you. We promise. With something important, we'll, we'll mention it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the transmute smell is a great way of doing it, too. I just, I do a different route with the, with the uh, smelting. Anyway, and also, dude, great way to finish up blacksmithing. Finish the thief. Mm-hmm. Finish the finish Dark Brotherhood and steal the twenty thousand gold. Anyway, oh yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> <Been> there. <laughs> Very good. All right, let's move on to the ten real times, guys. Confirmation by Imperial State. Dragon spotted in Riverwood. Yarl of Windhelm appoints a new thane. This is Tamriel Times, your source for news in Skyrim. And here we are in the Tamriel Times, and I called it. Mounted Combat is here. Mostly. Yes, sir, it is. That's right. Patch 1.6, Mounted Combat is here. Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. Mostly. All right, guys. Friday, June 8th, saw the much anticipated Mounted Combat patch for Skyrim arrive on Xbox 360. Tuesday, June 12th, is when the patch went live on Steam, giving PC users access to Mounted Combat as well. However, so far, no love for the PS3 players, who should be seeing their version of the patch come soon, since patches generally make it out on every platform within about a week or so. They should be seeing it hopefully this weekend or the, or the, or the week after. Yeah. Uh, Mounted Combat patch allows you to engage your enemies while on horseback now in melee or ranged fighting. If it Gone works... are the days... <laughs> right. Gone are the days of being chased down by lowly wolves or ferocious giants and having to stop, get off your horse, and then actively fight off the offender. You may now slash, bash, pew, and dova awesome yourself all over would-be attackers, all without your horse breaking its stride. Um, I don't know about this thing. I mean, it's... It's eh. I don't like it. I actually haven't tried it yet because I've just been... I'm so used to getting off the horse anyway. I just do it by reflex now. It's uh, clunky. Very clunky. You know, the turning radius on your horse is is awful. Right. Yeah. So. I need to fix that. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if they're going with like an ultra real feeling for that. If they are, fine. But like, you can only if you if you're using a melee attack, you know, you can only use the one side, so you can't switch it up. So you have. Really? Yeah. Ooh. I mean, it's just you know what it is. It's just it's it's just ultra realistic. You know, I mean, if you're if you're gonna fight something on on horseback. You know, number one, you're not going to switch up your hand, especially if you're using a sword. And so you're going to be limited to that one side, and your turning radius is going to be kind of large because it's it's a giant animal. I mean, you know, <laughs> horses are huge. So, I mean, it's it's realistic in that regard, but at the same time, like, it just feels clunky. It does. If I could get it to work right. Yeah. yeah they, 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 should, they should go back and fix that because, I don't know, I seem to recall, like, every cavalry movie I've ever seen, you know, whether it be... The good old, you know, John Ford films to medieval times. I seem to remember mounted knights being able to swing on both sides of their horse unless they had a shield on one side. Yeah, I mean, they should at least have that kind of functionality to it where you can switch it up or it automatically switches when you, you know, your gaze goes to the other side. Right, not necessarily switch hands, but you're able to swing on that side as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, not as effectively as as your main hand side. Whether you're lefty or righty. The big, the other thing yeah. too. Oh uh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe, because I think you're about to say the this. The big flaws is the fact that apparently you can't talk, thus you can't shout, and apparently you can't think either and use magic. Right. Yeah. That's that's Gosh. the big thing for me. I couldn't. I had to get off my horse to heal myself. You can't use any magic at all. Now, if you're a if you're a a mage that stinks because magic is your primary attack. You're not going to whip out a bow and you're certainly not whipping out a dagger. I mean, that's just stupid. So here I am, you know, I'm on my horse and it's like, it's almost as if mages are completely cut out of, of this patch as a result of not being able to use magical effects while mounted. I, you know, I haven't seen, I haven't done any of this stuff yet with, or experienced any amount of combat yet. Cause as I said before, I just get off my horse anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen any of the benefits or the pitfalls of it, but to seriously see where magic can't be used from horseback, it just seems to me like that's a big Q&A slip. It's like, hey, wait a minute, guys. We know we have mages in this game, too. Oh, oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I love the fact that this, look, they didn't have to give this to us for free. This did not have to be free. Right. You know, and it's great that it is. And, you know, for what it allows you to do... You know, let's face it. If you play this enough, you're going to get used to it, and it's going to be it's going to be just as natural as anything else. You know, gamers adapt. But uh, there's just some things that I was assuming it would it would work with that aren't there. You know, the magic for me is the biggest thing. I can I can get used to the turning radius because it's it's been there since the beginning. They never changed anything with how the horse moves, so I I can get used to that. It's just now that I'm in a in a combat situation. You know, you got the heart pumping, the adrenaline's going. You know, obviously, I'm I'm clicking like you know I'm all over my mouse clicking, so I can't get it together anyway. <laughs> so I'm about as uncoordinated as they come, and now I got to coordinate myself on a horse. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Not easily. So I, you know, it's just, eh, you know, I wish they would have um, been able to make that a little bit better. A lot of the hits I was taking, like I was, I was uh, the first thing I did as soon as. As soon as this came up, as I jumped on my my necromancer, and I, I I stole a horse, and then horse thief. Yeah, I stole a horse, and I just I I killed all the guards, and that's when I started noticing all this stuff. I couldn't raise zombie from my horse. I had to use my sword, 
thank God I started leveling up my sword, a sword skill. I had to use my sword. I could only use it on the one side. And I had to, like, run around a lot. And my, my enemy is, like, right on top of me. So I have to run away and then come back. And if I don't run away far enough, like, the guy closed the distance before I could turn around. So, like, that was an issue. And then um, on top of it, he would run on the other side of the horse. So I couldn't attack him over there. And I, I had to get off my horse in order to heal myself. So it was just it was just a really it was just a cluster. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you know, I, like you said, it's great that they gave us this content. But you know, if you're going to do it, at least now that people are seeing it and how it's working, I think maybe they need to go back and tweak it and adjust it just a little bit. Yeah. Because as you said, you know, the fact that magic users can't use magic that to me that's a big gaffe. Yeah. Uh, because that's. You know, that's part of your player styles that you gave them, and you're not allowing them to do it. And shouts, you know, we're dragonborn. We can't shout from a horse. All right, what's the difference? Let me get three and a half feet off my horse onto the ground. All right, now I can shout. Now I can do it. Yeah, it's 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 weird. What is that? Use your diaphragm. Yeah, or I can't. Yeah, or I can't talk <laughs> to an NPC from my horse. Then I guess every movie ever made with people talking from horses that just doesn't happen either. Unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, it's unrealistic. What about all the uh, fixes they did for this patch? Yeah, um, moving moving straight on through. Um, if that weren't awesome enough, all right. <laughs> Patch 1.6 comes with a bunch of game stability and quality of life bug fixes as well. Uh, now, you can check out the full list at bethblog.com. However, here are some of the highlights. All right, uh, fixed crashes related to loading and saving games. Uh, fixed a crash with summoned creatures or NPCs. Fixed rare issues where saves would be corrupted. Fixed issue where bow damage was being calculated incorrectly. Hmm. That's a biggie. Uh, in the break of dawn, fixed rare issue where Meridia's beacon would disappear from player's inventory. Uh, fixed an occasional issue where followers would disappear after player pays off a bounty after committing a crime. Uh, a rare issue was fixed with shouts only performing the first level and not other unlocked levels with Connect Enable for the 360. And lastly, fixed an issue where shout buttons would stop working properly if users mashed the left bumper and right bumper during cooldowns with the Connect Enabled for the 360. Well, because then they so, fixed those in. Yeah. This, I, this next story I found extremely interesting. The Dongard beta keys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you want to take this one? Or? Yeah, on Monday, June 11th, the beta keys for Dongard, pretty much right on par with what they said in E3, have been deployed mm-hmm. to those who have filled out the request form at dongardbeta.elderscrolls.com. Bethblog.com was posted the following in response. An overwhelming number of fans signed up for the Skyrim Xbox 360 beta. So many that were only able to issue codes to 0.005% of the applicants. Wow. <laughs> Point zero zero five. So that's one person wow. out of a thousand ish, or that's one half of a person out of a thousand. I'm awful at math. I have no idea yeah. what that means. That's basically one person <laughs> out of every two thousand applicants got the beta key. Wow. Lucky fans began receiving emails tonight from the Elder Scrolls and will be done completing the deployment tomorrow. So I'm assuming that would be the twelfth. Which has already happened. Yes. Within the yes. email, users will receive an Xbox Live redemption code, as well as details on how to participate in our private feedback forum. Thanks in advance for your commitment and feedback. For those that didn't get in, we plan on doing this again. By doing this again, Bethesda plans on releasing a private beta for each DLC. Good. But 
It's always going to be Xbox 360 first because they have the deep pockets. Anyway, <laughs> information offered by production director Ashley Chang in G4 TV last, late last week. The reason, you may ask, the PS3 issues Skyrim has been having... Ah, the issues that the PS3 version has been having. And the fans' overwhelming request to send their private information about Bethesda so they can better troubleshoot the bugs. And I completely misread all that. You're welcome. <laughs> That's what I get for taking my uh, my uh, allergy meds before the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> do, you want, do you want me to? Do you want me to? You know, elaborate further? Explain oh yeah, please. I, I, I blushed that to a high hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So basically, what happened is um, they 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 are saying that they're going to release DLC betas. Every DLC they do, they're going to do. A beta, all right, which is why they said in quotes uh, they'll be doing this, doing this again. Our right, Bethesda plans on releasing a private beta for each DLC, which is information that we're getting from the production director Ashley Chang, who had said this to G4 TV late last week. All right, now the reason why they're they're going to release betas for all of their DLC from now on is because of the PS3 issues that Skyrim was presenting on that platform. You know, when the game first released and all the way up till this day, there's still residual issues. All right. Um, Everybody on PS3, not everybody, but a lot of people of the PS3 users, all right, were getting a tremendous amount of, of, uh, well, they were sending in a lot of requests to have Bethesda look at their private machines and their information to see if that would help troubleshoot those bugs. Now, we've got a quote here from Ashley Chang, who, who says, um, you know, the lesson that we learned, our fans are going to help us with this because the game is so big. Any future DLC we do have is going to be in private beta first. So everyone can look forward to that. And the PS3 guys as well can, can look forward to a, a much better, well-informed gaming release. All right. Our news worth mentioning. Well said there, sir. Thanks. You want to bring this up? Yeah, yeah, we got a couple of little bits here worth mentioning. Um, Skyrim avatar items are now available on the Xbox 360. There's a whole bunch of if you got a if you got an Xbox 360, all right, um, you can now dress up your avatar with with a whole bunch of cool Skyrim stuff. Uh, Elven armor for men and women for 400 Microsoft points. Uh, Daedric armor as well for men and women for the same amount. Dragon Priest face masks for 160 points. Uh, an Alduin wall premium theme for 240 points. The arrow to the knee prop as well for 240 points. <laughs> A Fus Roda prop as well for 240 points. And the Skyrim picture pack, which I am definitely getting because I've been meaning to switch out my old Oblivion one that I've had since I've, I've gotten uh a, a 360 uh, 80 Microsoft points you get an Argonian a Red Guard a Khajiit and all the races in Skyrim are now yours in the official Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim gamer pick pack <laughs> cannot wait <laughs> totally downloading it oh yeah and a Skyrim theme connect and Xbox 360 contest has been announced not from us <laughs> no not we don't us. have that sort of, we don't we don't got that juice yo <laughs> Um, by submitting a Skyrim Shout video to the official Xbox Facebook page located at facebook.com forward slash Xbox, 
you may earn the chance to win a Video Connect for the Xbox 360 that is adorned with the Skyrim Imperial logo on the left and a carved replica of Alduin's wall on the top, as well as an Xbox 360 with the now iconic panoramic scene of the Dovahkiin overlooking a snow-swept mountainous landscape in Skyrim. Head over to Bethblog.com for more information on this, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Cool stuff. Very cool stuff. All right, we're going to go ahead and move on to the Better Bear. Welcome to the Battered Mare. What can I get you? And we are back in the Bannered Mare. Today's little this topic discussion was actually spawned from a rather long audio um, audio email. It's actually three parts, total of 22 minutes, by Colin B. Uh, if you guys can send us, we love getting MP3s attachments in our email. Um, just please keep them around two, three minutes tops. We love listening to them, but we don't like you know listening to them for half an hour. Um, yeah, it just makes it digestible. Yeah, exactly. It was a good, you know, he had a good topic points, but I think he was misled on a couple things. This is what we're going to talk about. I'm going to first play his his uh, a small portion of one of his MP3s, and we'll discuss. Uh, I've listened to the point nine episode uh, for twenty episode twenty seven or point five point nine whatever. I don't care. Uh, a couple times now, and there was a couple things I wanted to just make clear, and I'm sure you guys did not mean to imply or or, uh, or say that this was the only game that did this. First of all, uh, Elder Scrolls Online synergy attacks, where you can, where the uh, a mage puts down a fireball and a warrior swirls around it and sends fireballs out everywhere. Those kind of attacks, um, the idea I got while listening to that episode was that this was a brand new idea that Elder Scrolls came up with. Now, another game is coming out. If any of you are interested in MMOs, you should know about Guild Wars 2. And last weekend, I was in the second public beta for it. And I I can tell you that I'm very excited for this game to come out. But one of the things they do is this same sort of idea they don't call it like they don't have any special name for it like synergy attacks or anything like that and a lot longer but for the purposes of the show we decided to cut it down right there and his basic premise is, is that we in his mind we made it sound like it was exclusively to Elder Scrolls and I re-listened to the show and not once did we ever imply that but I can tell you for one sir that this goes far back even well before um Guild Wars 2. Uh, Lou has a couple ideas on that too. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that even further before that, the first game I ever saw that introduced this kind of concept was actually an RPG by the name of Chrono Trigger. Well, um, I, I would I would, I think I think what happened here was that we were just simply misunderstood, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. And, uh, you know, Colin, thanks for, you know, sending us your, uh, the tremendous amount of thoughts that you did send us. It's just, we think that um, you know, we should just restate, you know, what what we had mentioned and what we had spoken about. Um, the fact is, is that, all right, number one, they 
they have called it synergy abilities. That is the that is the name for it. Um, I don't know where where you've been looking, um, but all throughout E3, that was the tag term for this particular idea that in this game in ESO you're able to mesh you know your ability with another ability that's creating a synergy. They said it many many different times. So that's where we're getting that from. And your call actually spawned our topic for today's banner mayor. And in order to clarify some things, what we're going to talk about is what we think is unique to Elder Scrolls Online and what we know is not. Correct. So the first thing, obviously, I wanted to bring up was the whole synergy attack. Um, it's been used in other MMOs before, hasn't it, Lou? Yes. Um, I'll go back to... Let's go back to uh, EverQuest 2. All right. Not necessarily in the same exact manner as we see in E3 with Elder Scrolls Online. However, if you were in a group whether it was two players to five, which is the max, all right, what happened was during a fight, okay, players would see a wheel pop up in front of them, all right? It would have several abilities that were unique to their class. So if you were if you were an enchanter, you would see four of your abilities that you had hotkey that you had. Or if you were a wizard, you would see four wizard spells that you had. And depending upon which button you hit, all right, the next person in the group would hit their corresponding button, whatever they chose out of the four, and so on and so on. So all five were done, and actually it was, it was on a time limit. So all five of you had hit the corresponding button within that time frame, and it would set off an entirely different effect if you all made it within that time frame, meaning everyone would get an uber armor boost. All right, Everyone's power attacks would suddenly get a, a damage boost. Okay, Everyone would regain health or mana at an increased rate, what have you. Okay, So that was that's that's how EQ2 presented synergy abilities, meaning every class in the group had something to contribute, and depending on what happened, okay, this is what it did. And to a point, all right, classes would actually uh, tell you, you know, other people would tell you, hey, if you're a wizard, we need you to hit this one and this one, okay, when I do this one, because everyone would know, figure out eventually what exactly, what skills they needed to press in order to get the most out of the fight. Even in um, Final Fantasy XI, there was yes, there was. I remember that a version. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't really anything that that the player could directly control. It was yeah. really more along we the did. lines of you know which. Well, yeah, I guess in a way. I mean, not in in the way that ESO was kind of doing it, but in almost like a directly indirect way. It like, was based on the on the combo system. With that, was certain skills would link with certain skills, and you would if you did enough links with your party member, it creates a. a um, Omega type combo, and the more times you use these skills at the right time at the right order, it would do like double, triple damage. Right, and it even depended like on the kind of of magic damage was being yes. done, and then also like the day that you did on, these on, it would enhance that even further because every day had a different magical like property to it, and mobs that were weak to that magical property. If you spammed, uh, spammed that magic type on them, it would take additional damage as well. If you if you killed them during that day, exactly. So you would be able to rip through these things a lot faster. And like I said, the first game I can ever remember that incorporated this kind of combo system in an RPG RPG type environment was Chrono Trigger, where you would have, you know, you would have a party of three, and there's certain certain a bit of their moves, certain moves from each party would be able to link up to create a more powerful move. So this concept goes way back, and we didn't mean to oh, yeah. imply that this was unique, because it's by far not. 
I, we just thought it was a really cool feature they're adding to the game. Right. It's also it's it's a feature that hasn't been explored too much in gaming. All right. I mean, um, you know, the RPG where you assign your uh, attribute points to you know strength, uh, dexterity, uh, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All right, that's been done to death a long time ago. All right, um, questing in in MMOs done to death. All right, this kind of feature has not really been done to death because it's an old idea and it hasn't been done very much. But it, it kind of needs some some modern you know, modern gaming life breathed into it. And I, I don't think that, that we've had that in a long time, so it's kind of refreshing. So if we spoke about it in a manner that, that made it sound like it's never been done before, I think it's because we were excited and, and it's, it's a refreshing change of pace. But we didn't mean to come off saying it's never been done before. Um, Lou, like what other, what other things, Lou, are you, are you getting from, from Elder Scrolls Online that, that um, you think is unique? Well, I mean, just going back to the synergy itself, mm-hmm. okay? This is the first time in a long time that a game company has actually not, not made it imperative, but made it more, made the group dynamic more involved, okay? Yeah. It, it's building that, it, I like what they're doing. They're building that interdependency back into the MMO. I mean, I understand MMO companies now also need to appeal to the casual gamer, okay, or the solo gamer, but. Yeah, right, me coming from old school. I mean, I I don't mind grouping at all. I love grouping, so anything like that that rewards or makes an experience richer for people who are actually taking the time to get up, you know, to group up together, you know, to tackle this kind of content makes it fun. And I think this is one way of doing. It. I mean, it, it, it's amazing just to see, you know, that one scene they showed where, you know, one of the characters spilled oil. Here comes the mage. He lights it up. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, it, that's great. You know, that gets everyone involved, gets everyone looking at the battlefield, looking at the battlefield, saying, well, what can I do? Like, who who do I have with me? I've got this class, this class, this class. What's on the battlefield? What can we do to just destroy things quicker or, or you know, much more efficiently? Yeah. Now, what about the idea of, of finally getting away from the Trinity? Like, I, I, I'll i put it out there. I think that's completely unique for this game. I don't know of any other game that's actually done not, that in an MMO. Not an MMORPG. Um Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Like MMO FPS. MMO FPS is only really one that really classifies as that, and that was Planet Side. Um, yeah. And then now Planet Side too. And there's really no such thing as a tank or a healer or anything like that in there. Um, so that that game got rid of the Trinity. But when it comes to an MMORPG, no, it should be the first one to really, really get away from that concept. Yeah, that I think is completely unique to this. No, I, I can't. Contest, also, I can't say for like other MMOs that are coming out, or a lot of those free-to-play ones that were developed in Korea. But <laughs> those those Korean free-to-play guys, <laughs> it's like a barrel of monkeys in a ninety-nine cent store. <laughs> There's so many and so strange. <laughs> I've tried a couple of them. They were weird. <laughs> They're a little weird. A little weird. A little weird. You know? That's one thing. Um, yeah, and the uh, the button system. I mean, every MMO uses a button system, obviously, because of lag issues. It's a workaround for lag. But the way they're yeah. doing it is different. Yes. The, the, active, the active gameplay, actively blocking, power charging your primary attack, and then using those, those skills at the same time, I think is, is unique, too. I, I can't remember ever seeing that before, either. I think you know, One thing I, I was thinking about just now is like, well, about the loot system, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure loot system would be pretty much stereotypical toward other MMOs. However, if they do stay true to the idea of Elder Scrolls, they won't be a color-coded crap system. 
that all these MMOs use. Oh, I got a blue item! Yay! Great. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, it's a purple! I'm hoping they add in the uh, the group loot that's been been kind of like making its way out there a little bit. Yeah. 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 I, I yeah really a loot system that takes into account the party composition. Yes. You know. Yeah, I'm all for randomness, but you know, having players run through an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours, and just getting total crap that no one can use—that's also garbage to me. <laughs> what about um, what about public dungeons? That seems the way their ESO is doing this. You know, I'd love to see they do do it the same way that Diablo three does it. Okay. You get loot only for yourself. The loot that you see is only loot that you can see, only yeah. loot that you can get. Takes well, yeah. it takes care of all that problem. Then Diablo, which works, yeah. Um, uh, it just it works great if you're if you're in Diablo three and you're playing with Liz. <laughs> she yeah. just, ooh, shiny. Yeah, you know, grabs, she grabs everything. It's really... <laughs> so I mean, if you go in there and like if you loot the body like you do in Skyrim, but only you can see what's on them for yourself, like it does a, an, an individual loot table for every person. I think that would mitigate all the hassle. I, yeah, it it definitely does. I mean, you don't have to. Let's put it this way. All right, you don't need the forward slash roll function in a game like that. You know, you don't have to argue. There's no argument over over looting. That's out of the game now. I mean, that would be. I mean, it's not ultra unique, but it it's not. It's unique enough, and not done enough in the game to to make it feel feel unique. Um, I'm excited about that. When it comes to like the world, I think from what they're trying to explain about how you can explore anything and everywhere. That is kind of unique to an MMO. There's not too many sandbox-esque style MMOs out there. Um, there's a couple, but I can't name them right off the top of my head. I think EVE Online is a big one. Yeah. Certainly certainly Star Wars yeah. Galaxies was a huge one as well. Those were those were pretty pretty big sand, sandbox MMOs. Uh, Joe, Planetside. That was sandboxy, right? That was sandbox. Oh, very much uh, so. Yeah, um, you kind of went with your platoon to go ever wherever you. If if you saw another faction was taking over a certain area and you had a key point linked to it, you could just go over there and choose to go over there or not. Or we just fly patrols sometimes, take a huge flying squadron and fly patrols over our area. We saw anyone trying to take our bases, they were toast. So we got to do what we wanted to do to help our our team or our faction. So, yeah, I guess you could say it was a, a sandbox style MMO. Yeah. Oh God, there's there's others out there that I just can't think of right now. And what now. I mean by a like sandbox MMO is where you're not restricted to zone. Like, okay, this zone is level one to twenty. This zone is level twenty to twenty-five. This zone is level thirty to thirty-two. You know that kind of crap. Um, yeah. Sandbox X style is means that you can go to any zone you want and find a challenge anywhere. That's the future, man. That is the future of of MMO gaming. In my in my in my humble opinion, I I honestly think that that sandbox MMOs are are really where free to play sandbox MMOs, non subscription based, you know, um, very little zoning, mm-hmm. active grouping, you know, on the spot active grouping stuff like that, man. Like that's that's where MMOs need to yeah. be. Like I said before in a previous when we were doing long before they announced the MMO. That yeah. I feel that it shouldn't have like okay, this is a level twenty eight hippo. You know, it shouldn't have a, a, a level at all. It should be a hippo. And if I go over there and I try to spank him and he snorts at me and it kills me, I know I'm too low level. <laughs> Lethal hippo snorting. Or they flap their ears. You know, you never know. 
Or, or if something if that's that kind of situation, Joe, you know, I, I think it would be nice for the challenge the players to the fact that okay, all right, I just got beat up. What did I do wrong? You know, make the player think. Okay, you know what? Hippo, really tough hide. I'm trying to use a sword. You know what? I've got a mace or warhammer. Magic. Let me try that. Use magic. Oh, look at that. Blunt damage works better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you have to really think about your play instead of like, okay, I'm going to approach this group because it's part of my quest. I have to kill them, so I'm going to press this. I have my little set of buttons that I press in a certain order. Yep, here we go. Yep, oh, got to heal myself really quick. And here we go. Same order again. Dead. That's, you know, that's what, it, that's what bores me to, like you wouldn't believe in MMOs today. I think that's why I get so burnt out with them. Yeah. I, yeah. Every, every. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lou. No, go. Take care, uh, The. But I. I literally. I literally want to just you know, chew on my toothbrush every time I hear the word rotation. Mm-hmm. What's your rotation? What's That's your the rotation? Word I'm waiting for. Uh, no, I don't. No, there shouldn't be a rotation. I'm, I'm tired of rotation. I'm tired of hitting my one button, my four button, my two button, back to the one button, under right. these conditions, and and when when the boss you know uh, does this attack, you know, run out of the poo and then go back and hit the one button yeah. and the four button and the two button. No, no, I don't yeah. want. No. I think that's kind of what they're oh, alluding man. to. I mean, they really haven't. There's still a lot of information about this game that is still under wraps. Um, they keep yeah. alluding to and hinting at certain things, and I just lost my train of thought completely. Which sucks that it was a really good train of thought well, too. Well, let me get it back with this. Brokes in the chat room is asking, "What game do you fight hippos?" It, and Brokes in my game. have you right? Have you ever heard of Hungry Hungry Hippos <laughs> online? Hippos. Brokes, Hungry Hungry. Great game. H H H O Hungry Hungry Hippos online. <laughs> oh, I got it back. Okay, thank you. You got it. You worked. Um, they're kind of Look alluding to how they had the hot bar set up between the two different weapons you can use. All right, you can switch between weapons uh-huh. on the fly, and the fact that you can switch out your abilities outside of combat. So if I'm in a situation where I see an enemy that I don't know level, and I go to attack it, and I'm getting my butt handed to me, I can run far enough away to leave combat, switch out what I think should work, go back in there, try it again. I, I like I like the fact that I like that and I, I like the fact that I can I could take those skills, you know, like you said, in and out and then also the fact that they level up. As more you use them, exactly. As really that to me is unique in MML completely. Um, you're not just leveling up by, you know, getting XP from this amount of XP for killing this mob. No 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 no. You're leveling up by how much you use this sword, how much you use this bow, how much you use this ability. That is the way MMO should be. Right. Um, Mizo. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Hedlu. No, I, I was just going to say that I'd like for them to bring back into the, you know, into the Elder Scrolls Online, or bring into an MMO, modern MMO, what uh, I experienced in EverQuest or EverQuest 2 in terms of resists, okay, on both mobs and PCs, player characters, meaning, you know, those awful debuffs you get during a fight where you're getting poisoned or frozen. That you know, that's thing. one thing I'd like about for MMOs always drove me nuts was the whole resistance thing. Yeah, I mean, I'd love for them to bring that back because then, to me, that just adds another level, another layer of challenge because, like I mentioned before, you know, you're fighting a hippo who's got what, real life really tough hide. A, a, an edge weapon won't do it. <laughs> now here, this is what drove me nuts about it, okay? That, this happened a lot in World of Warcraft where you would go into a certain dungeon and you knew this boss did a whole lot of frost damage, for instance. Everybody yeah. had to go out there and re-enchant everything and do this and get this kind of gear to get your frost enchantment up and get, go make a special set of gear. That drove me insane. So I spent eight hours doing all this crap for mind-numbing crap in order to go beat one little boss. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, there's there's good ways and bad ways of, of doing that. And for me, the, the World of Warcraft way was just too much. I mean, the, one of the first dungeons that was in Vanilla WoW, um, you had to you had to farm gear that had a high amount of of uh, fire resistance on it in order to even get through that that boss. You know, it was years ago. I'm sorry if I don't remember. Um, well, that's how Warcraft did it. Okay. No, I, cause I was wondering because I know Veriquest. It was every race had its own base resistances. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you were a dwarf, you know these were your baseline resistances, which could be improved with not only class buffs from other you know other players in your group that can give you a buff. Plus, it gave alchemists a reason for being because alchemists there could create resist pots for every known condition out there, which you could then buy and pop. And depending upon the layer, you know, the level of craftsmanship of the potion, you know, it could significantly boost your resistances up by two, three, four, maybe five thousand. Yeah. Okay, which was enough to get you through a raid or five group content and what have you. Miserus yeah, I already Miserus Snow put another good point. In Diablo three, um, when you get into like uh hell mode for instance, it's all about resistances, nothing else. Your damage, everything else, your abilities don't mean crap. If you don't have your resistances up, you're not going to live. Yeah. Um, Vector Parcel is saying that uh, the raid I was talking about is Molten Core. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, Mizo brought something up as well that I wanted to address was the um, free-to-play MMOs, which ESO hasn't said one thing or the other right. about, about how they intend for you to, to play the game. If there's going to be a subscription, if it's going to be free to play, or if they're going to have both models, I'm hoping there's both models. Now, um, Mizo was saying that you know the ba- one of the bad things about a free to play MMO is that it lets everybody in. I don't have a problem with that, to be honest. I think everybody, I think everybody coming in to play my game is great because that means I have a lot of people to, to group up with. Right. All right, yeah, you get a lot of you get a lot of lunatics on there that that are going to do you know annoying things, but you get that anyway, without a doubt. And then you know raiding, okay, you have a, a larger pool to draw from. You're gonna, you're about to scoop up some people that are uncoordinated, like myself. Um, but you know those who want to learn how to raid, learn how to raid, and those who 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 don't, they don't. So I mean, you know, it's you have to. It doesn't matter if there's. I don't think anyway. It's it's a drawback to have a lot of people coming in it's just uh you know you have to be kind of selective with who you group they up with they need to stick with the, el- the elemental system they do in skyrim all right you can easily enchant your gear for resistances to, to be better against dragons however you can still kill a dragon without it the i'm, I'm sorry what was the, what was the that way they do res- mis- the 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 elemental resistances in skyrim for instance if you enchant all your gear with heavy fire resistance and you go up against a regular dragon who breathes fire it does nothing to you and it makes the fight easier, yeah, but you can still kill them without it. Yes, agreed. Right. When those games use those, those elemental resistance as like a key factor that if you don't have it, you're not surviving, that's what drives me nuts. Yeah, I always kind of saw that as the game as the, the game company's way of making a difficult fight without the, the lazy way. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I felt about Diablo you know? 3. It's like they did, they increased difficulty by making resistances hit by elements hitting harder. Than they should as a as a cop out for difficulty. Yeah, like I don't have time to, you know, sit down at my computer and farm something that's going to give me elemental resistances for one fight. 
I'll make the time if if the next raid that's out is is all about you know resistances in some way. At least I'll feel like I'm getting something for for my time sink. But if I'm if I'm literally farming for one fight, I'm not into that. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. I'm that's part of my game. I'm not going to see, and I I see that as a waste of my money. Yeah. And the last thing I want I want to touch on, as it was mentioned briefly, is the free to play model. I personally yeah. think that that is the future of MMOs. All MMOs need to use the free-to-play model by microtransaction. Yeah. That, I think, is key. But not to where they use, like, you can buy this armor or that sword. I think that is right. bad. Very, very bad. And that yeah. will kill a game. But if they do, like, you can buy the special horse that might be 10% faster. Yeah, I see um, microtransactions and as a way of getting through the leveling content at a quality of life pace for you. Like Lord of the Rings Online and DDO. That system, all right, you can download the game for free, you jump in there, you pick what you want to play, you start playing, you start questing, and then you, you, you find out, you know, halfway through your dungeon, ah, damn, I, don't, I ran out of health potions because I didn't realize how difficult that fight was going to be and I didn't bring enough. All right. You know what? I have access to a store. Let me click on a button. A panel, a window comes up right in front of me, right in the middle of the dungeon. I buy X amount of health potions with real money because it's it's attached to my debit card. And then, boom, it goes right straight into my inventory. As of that, that's also the model I've seen is like, okay, you get two character slots. And you can do anything you want with those two characters. But if you want to make a third character, it's going to be five bucks a month. Or another one, another five bucks a month. That kind of thing is a great free-to-play model. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, poor Lou would be paying about eighty bucks a month. But yeah, (laughs) I would be. You know how much money? Do you know how much money I dropped on turbine points for DDO and Lord of the Rings? (laughs) I can bet. Oh yeah, tons. Myself too. (laughs) I think a lot of people are scared of with the free to play stigma. Is that more often than not, a lot of games that are free to play are also what's called pay to win, meaning that yes, they will allow players who have the deep pockets or at least a decent budget. To get that armor, to get those weapons, to get that equipment that actually just makes them win because it's just so much better uh, than players who don't have it. All right, well, I've then, literally played, I've literally played free-to-play MMOs that literally I could buy my entire set of gear and destroy everything in front of me and just blow the leveling process. Jet said in the chat room he likes to buy it once and that's it. There is a drawback to that. In a big way. For one, you're still paying the 60 bucks For a free-to-play like Planet Side 2 when it launches, I don't have to pay a dime. I go download it, I jump in, I am playing the game. I have to pay a cent. Now, if I want to go buy a special camo for my weapons because I want to look cool, I drop down 5 bucks. There I go. I can use that for the rest of the time now. Or if I like this, if that's going to be ongoing money for that company to keep on updating the game. Uh, I know Guild Wars 2 uses that buy it once in this, that system. And if you look at their number of updates they did for Guild Wars compared to another game that uses either microtransactions or um, a subscription, it's far, far substantially less than any other oh, one. Oh, yeah. Because they don't, they don't have the money to put in to the, cost, the team to make those constant updates at full time. Microtransactions, subscription allows that to happen. And that's what you need in an MMO. You need it constantly evolving, constantly updating, depending on what the players find, bugs, all that kind of crap. So I am totally cool with the microtransactions. I'm, I love the way Planet Side 2 looks. And I'm letting the cat out of the bag. We are going to be doing a Planet Side 2 show. That game's going to be that awesome. 
We are. But anyway, so with that said, <laughs> the microtransactions they're using in that is really cool because it's all based on aesthetics from what I've seen so far. You pop into a store, you go off. The loadout and the features of that game to customize your character are intense. Um, if I want to get a special, like, as they showed, a giraffe camo, I can put down real money and unlock it and be able to use that on my weapons, my gear. That, to me, is cool. Because that doesn't affect gameplay. All that does is make me more unique, and I just drop on a couple bucks for it. And you'll be able to get a drop on all those hippos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or in that case, the giraffe. <laughs> Uh, there's there's one other thing I wanted to, I wanted to shout out there, and that was that was uh, something that Lou had mentioned. All right, this idea that you know a lot of people think the that free to play means play to win, uh, pay to win. Um, let's let's let it be known that that's the stigma. All right, a lot of people out there think free to play main means pay to win. All right, and let's let's call on various marketing departments of these games to. Get the word out there. That's not what this means, and that's it. All right. That's how you. That's how you combat that stigma. You simply just have a good marketing department that's aware of that stigma, and they need to do their job. Okay. Uh, you know the Planet Side guys they're doing an amazing job. We've been tracking that game for most if of the year. If it's all aesthetic, how can it change the balance of the game? It's just aesthetic. It's just visual. It does nothing. It does not Correct. improve your, your gameplay in any way, shape, or form. It just makes you look cool. <laughs> that doesn't right. change. And, right. And, and marketing departments out there need to get out there, and they need to say, look, we're going free-to-play, but you're not going to be buying things there that's, that's going to you know, make you awesome, than, better than the next guy. You're going to be buying things for, you know, you're going to be buying, like, you know, mounts. For instance, what they could do in Elder Scrolls is do a free-to-play model where, like I said about, you know, character slots for one. But for two, like having a die system in the game. But all the dies are real money dies. So I want to drop down 50 cents for a red die to color this portion of my armor. Or another 50 cents for a black die to color this portion. And that will add up over time. And you can be, it's, yeah. it's all aesthetic. D- it's all visual. DDO does that. And it's, it's great. It's awesome because it's there if you want it, but if you don't want it, you don't have to get exactly. it. Exactly. All right. Um, any last thoughts before we move on to our next segment, guys? That's it for me. Nope. Oh, oh. All right. Let's move on to the crafting table. Ow! Son of a And here we are in the crafting table. I just want to say that, that man, our chat room went nuts during that whole discussion. It was quite, yeah. quite entertaining. It was cool. It was kind of like an evolving discussion. Yeah. We started out, you know, one way and in a whole completely different, different way. way. And again, I'd like <laughs> to thank Colin B for his MP3 and his thoughts. Um, we have an interesting mod that I'm kind of curious to hear about. So, Ivaro, and tell me about it. Yeah, man. Here it is. Build your own home by Super Nasty Pants. <laughs> this, by the way, is like the second mod I believe that we're covering from him. Nice for her. Yeah, uh, build your own home by Super Nasty Pants. Yeah, that's right. There's a mod to build your own home now, and it's freaking amazing. An abandoned shack located near the abandoned prison at Lucky's Shack and slightly up the river from there. Some of the major things you can do is add a second floor. Well, let me first by preface this by saying the entire thing is modular. It's a it's a shack that <laughs> it's completely modular. You could you could. Add a whole bunch of stuff to this, and, and I'll get into that from here. Um, add a second floor, a fireplace, and chimney. 
a basement and closet, a fishery and camp, a farm complete with your own chicken and cow, a bridge across the river where you can create a tannery and watchtower where you can add a blacksmith shop. Also, you can create a waterfall side scaffolding where you can further construct a combat area, distiller, general store area, and an alchemy garden. Distiller? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you can you can get this at uh the Steam Workshop, okay? Check out the information, all right? Because uh there's there's a there's a ton of it there, all right? Now, some of it here uh we got a couple of points here that the author would like for you to know about his mod. So, one uh the first thing is the home is completely modular. You can add what you like and remove what you hate. All right. Choose from one of four themes to decorate your home. They can be mixed and matched as well to create hybrid designs. Themes for hunters, wizards, thieves, and so on and so forth. Uh, Also available is a hidden layer that can reflect werewolves or vampires. It's situated just outside of the abandoned prison at Lucky Shack. All right. You can fast travel to the abandoned prison and you cannot miss the home apparently. It's just right up the river. Once you're there, be sure to pick up Lucky's journal inside the shed, where you can also store all of your building materials. All right, now the journal depicts the uh, plans to the home, so you know what materials you can gather. And then you just start construction on your workbench, uh, where you'll find your deed on top of it as well. So, and the journal basically describes and shows you how you can, you know, get into get into all of this. So that's it, man. Uh, build your own home by Super Nasty Pants. I'm totally into Minecraft and that kind of thing. This is totally up my alley. Yeah, like totally, dude. totally. No, I, I I saw this and I thought of you immediately. I was like, Joe's gonna go nuts over this. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go download that. Another mod to add to my list. Yep. So head over to Steam Workshop, guys. And look up Super Nasty Pants because they got apparently this person makes good mods. No, have to, I think you have to say if I want to say with attitude, <laughs> say that name with attitude. Super Nasty Pants. <laughs> well, that was a quick, easy <laughs> segment. Let's go ahead and move on to a not so quick and easy segment done by Lou every single week because he's the man, the Elder Scroll. fragment of time, a piece of creation, a record of history, history itself, the Elder Scroll. And here we are on the Elder Scroll, Lou's time to shine. So Lou... Elder Scroll! Wow, I think I just peed my pants. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a lore squee <laughs> wow okay uh yeah lou <laughs> we, can, right. we can redo a job no, no that's fine that's no, fine. all right well it's, it's sort of whew. anyway back to the elder scroll today i thought it'd be nice since i just recently received my latest game informer covering the dawn guard nice little four or five page article there and today I'd like to cover the mythic dawn 
which I'm totally awesomely happy about, um, obviously, because we've been getting uh, emails saying uh, that we're wrong about the Mythic Dawn being the Dawn Guard and so on and so forth. So Right, and here I hope to at least give some people some background so that when eventually the rest of us see the Dawn Guard uh, DLC, you Xbox, uh, <laughs> we'll have some idea of what's going on. All right, the Mythic Dawn. Now they are formally known as the Order of the Mythic Dawn. They are a Dejic cult that follows the teachings of Merun's Dagon. That guy again. Hmm. Now it's not clear if their so-called founder, Mankar Cameron, you know, is the actual founder. Now it's a possibility that the Mythic Dawn may have existed during the time of Tiber Septim, so predating Cameron. However, regardless, Cameron, when he was like, he began to study the Dejic in depth, especially uh, Merun's Dagon. And this may have been the precursor that led to the founding of the cult itself. Now, somewhere in their history, uh, Mankar Cameron came into direct contact with the Maroons Dagon uh, and was given the tome, the Mysterium Xerxes. There's a tome of destruction authored by Dagon himself. Now, with this book in hand, you know, Cameron began to expand his knowledge in the dark, dark ways of the world, okay? <laughs> Especially the Daedra, and also began to gather followers. Right, he began to attract like-minded people who shared his love, or his, I guess, lust for this dark, dark pursuit. And as time passes, the Mythic Dawn, they become the premier Dagon cult in existence ever on Tamriel. And because he accrues a huge following, he takes his followers into the province of Cyrodiil. And there, the Mythic Dawn begin to construct their secret temple slash headquarters within the caverns of Lake Arius. Now, with the Mythic Dawn, they believe that any work they did in his name was part of a time called the Preparation. The other big, I guess, really big event for them was the time of cleansing. And that would be the time when Dagon himself, he will at last enter Tamriel and lay waste in the mortal world. Now, Mecha Cameron preached that once this actual event happened, the Mythic Dawn would be left and they would rule the Earth as immortals. Wow, that's a great pitch. I might fall for that. <laughs> Evil. Anyway, as an initiation right. Potential members would have to sacrifice one of Dagon's enemies on his statue, stating him with the so-called red drink. <laughs> Just say blood. They also had they also held weakness and contempt and sought to punish those who displayed any signs of it within their ranks, and also those that they may have intimidated or ruled over anyone they encountered. Now the Mythic Dawn also have two defining traits. They have a few, but these are two that a lot of people pick up right away. Uh, one of them being their style of dress. Now, they wear a particular red robe, a red color robe, unlike any other seed in Tamriel. They also possess the ability to summon personalized bound weapons and armor. Now, it's also possible that these unique bound items were commissioned from Mayron's dagger by Manco Cameron. So, as a exchange, you know, here's Cameron asking for help to pursue and spread Dagon's influence. And Dagon says, all right, you know what? I'll give you these abilities right here to help strengthen your cause and strengthen me in the end. Mythic Dawn may have some ties with this other cult called the End of Times, which is based in Morrowind. They also believe in the time of cleansing. However, with them, they believe that the Daedra themselves, all the Daedra, will walk the mortal plane, meaning back on Nern. Now, the difference to these two cults is that the End of Times cult, they see this as a really bad thing, <laughs> okay? While the Mythic Dawn, they're reveling in it, they're actively, what they do on Tamriel is that they're actively pursuing ways to make this happen. Because, of course, you know, they want to rule the world as immortals, so they're doing everything within their power, within their grasp, to make this event happen. 
Now, many within the Mythic Dawn are also quite adept at magic. They're very fond of lightning and also summoning lesser danger to do their bidding. One of the key spells they also like to use is invisibility. And they, all, they use it quite often to give them an advantage, especially within combat. Now, however, the most powerful or most favored of the Mythic Dawn may also receive a, a wonderful gift from Dagon himself. They have the ability of immortality. So yeah, they can't die. That's only seen in very few of the Order themselves. Like Not every, every Joe within there gets it. Only those who prove themselves over time to the cult and Dagon himself are favored with that, that ability. Now, it's been said or possibly that myth, you know, Marion's Dagon formed the Mythic Dawn cult by using Mankar Cameron on the planet as his avatar, desiring to recreate what he calls or what he believes is the Age of Myth and restore the chaos before the world was created. So his greatest ambition is to cause the cosmos to reform in such a way you know, that you know, it conforms to him. It conforms to his ideal of what he wants. You know, he wants the world to just disappear from order back into the primordial chaos that was, that was before, during the Age of Myth. And now he's using Mythic Dawn as his mortal agents on Tamriel to pursue this goal. And what happens is that one of the key phrases that the Mythic Dawn use as a recognition of this goal is that they all often greet each other with, Dawn is breaking or greet the new day. And they're indirectly referring to the new age that they're trying to herald in, that they're trying to get to occur, which is the age of myth. And on my final note, all the members themselves will often have a copy of the Mythic Dawn commentaries, either on their person or at their home. Okay, now these are commentaries written by Cameron himself, uh, further expounding on the Mysterium Xerxes from Dagon. Now, this is just a small token of what I found out there on the Mythic Dawn. So hopefully it gets everyone's appetite whetted, and hopefully you go out there and pursue it, because there is a lot of good stuff out there, and hope, hopefully clarify a lot of the confusion out there between the Mythic Dawn and the Dawn Guard, the DLC. Yeah, I think this, um, this certainly picked up a lot of that, that confusion that I had had and expressed in, in the last show. I mean, <clears throat> when you do uh, searches for the Mythic Dawn and Dawn Guard, it seems like they might, be, they might actually be related um, I mean, you are separated by 300 years of, of time in, in the game. And, you know, additionally, um, you know, that, that could have allowed for, you know, some sort of, you know, uh, that I, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't even have my thoughts together at all. But, you know, obviously they're not related. And, and that's the end of yeah. it. So. <laughs> well, you, you just say like the Mythic Dawn themselves are more like a, if you use modern times, like they're more of a doomsday type cult. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Whereas the Dawn Guard themselves... Are you know, see them as the Inquisition, all right? Back in the uh, medieval ages, okay, they're out there hunting the undead, and in this case, they just have to be focusing on vampires. So I, I can see where a lot of the confusion may pop in because of the, you know, the use of dawn, you know, or or, or dawn guard. Yeah, well, the the actual title of the cult in Oblivion is the Mythic Dawn Guard. Right. That's the actual title. So, um, and there's there is some comparable things between the two of them, but. Yeah, you can see Honestly, where it like, was an honest mistake, you know? It was a guess. We had nothing to go on. Yeah. All we had was a name. We took our yeah, best I, shot at I it. That, you know, and, you know, Bethesda is actually writing the lore as we speak yeah. <laughs> for Dawn Guard, so... I'm sure they've already written it, but you're right. And we don't know anything about it until we get the game. So we will let you guys know our opinions of it when that comes out. In the meantime, we got some emails to go over. Hear that? Something's going on in the town square. Welcome to the town square. Your emails and iTunes shoutouts and other goodies. 
Our first email comes into us from Kevin or Alarty, Alarty, and he says, "Hey, podcasters from ESOTR, I just want to say I have been listening to your podcast since your first episode, and I love it. You guys tell great Skyrim stories and have a a good on mic chemistry." Anyways, I'm really excited about TESO and was wondering if you guys were planning on making a, a guild because I would love to join up with you guys at some point. Thanks for the good times. Kevin. Avarwin, you want to answer that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You freaking mind? How is this a question? <laughs> it's going to happen. And yes, we will be uh, letting all the fans in. And when that whole... If, if they do allow guilds, we don't really know what the situation is on that yet. But as far as we know that in base of, of other MMOs, yes, if there's going to be guilds, we're going to make one. If there's not, we're going to make some Absolutely. kind of Elder Scrolls group or off-record group. So Yeah, they're planning on having the MMO have, you know, either guilds or some sort of, you know, advanced social functionality where we can all, you know... We'll be, we'll be the off-record faction, together. you never know. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, look, whatever they got going, whether it's a guild... Or something completely different, but still, you know, clan-ish or guild-ish. We're gonna have one rolling. It's gonna be fit for uh, you know, fans of the show. Uh, you know, get as many people in there as possible, even if they're not fans of the show. Uh, you know, let's try and and make it as nice and big. This way, people can branch off and make their own raid groups if they want, and uh, go that way with it. I mean, that's what we were trying to do with our our tour guilds. Well, we're gonna do it for this. You know, we love getting together. You could tell. I mean, you know, you email us, we'll email you back. You tweet at us, we tweet you back. We love getting together with, with uh, you know, the listeners. And and we always have a good time. The chat room is always, we always have a good time with the guys in the chat room. I mean, you know, we, we want to hang out with you guys. And we're gamers, you know. We want to get together and, and chat and talk and play. And Kirisu is, in the, uh, be one to do in the chat room had a bonus question on this. If we have a guild, then what faction will the guild be? faction awesome yeah we'll determine that as the game gets closer <laughs> in the meantime let's go on to our next email lou oh wait uh right. yeah go ahead and read this one. Oh, all right directed eddie varwin hey buddy a few episodes ago you said that you had recently purchased marwind and are believing to explore more of the older elder scrolls games and get a feel for the rest of tamriel what have yes. been your experiences so far with these games are there any tips for anyone out there who hasn't played them yet how does the playability of these older games stand the test of time? What do you enjoy about them, and what do you dislike about them? Having only played Skyrim myself, I must say I'm a little curious with the old Elder Scrolls games, and any info you could share would be appreciated. Try curious. <laughs> Cheers, Boognish. Um, truthfully, I, I haven't spent many, many game hours in Morrowind or Oblivion. Excuse me. Um, I've been, you know, prioritizing my gameplay time, and... Uh, you know, Skyrim, um, Tor, all right, Diablo 3 for a while there as well. They've been kind of like taking a bit of that up. So I haven't had a whole lot of time within these games. What I can say, though, is I've spent, and this is, you know, a pittance, um, I've spent maybe about five hours in Oblivion and maybe like, you know, three in Morrowind to date so far. Uh, what I can say about these games is the one thing that, that gets me is they do stand against the test of time. Morrowind, as old as it is, and let's face it, uh, for a video game, it's, it's ancient. All right. It's a, still a great game. It's a lot of fun. Even with a couple of, even with three hours in the game, I, had, I was having fun with it. Um, 
I only left to go play Oblivion, which additionally is a much better game and still stands up. I had just as much fun playing Oblivion as I did with Skyrim. And it has that um, open world feel that you get from Skyrim. And one of the things I was doing is, as soon as as soon as I was able to was running around out there and just walking into dungeons and just exploring and and uh, you know getting into encounters and it was it's, it's great. They're both awesome. I can't speak too much on game systems and I don't have a whole lot of tips you know out there for it. The only tip I can say is if you're a huge fan of Skyrim, definitely get Oblivion. And think about getting Morrowind. The graphics are outdated. All right? So don't get it for beautiful graphics. Um, get it for lore. You're going to learn a tremendous amount of lore. You'll have a greater appreciation for Skyrim. And you're going to see a lot of the advanced gaming systems that are in Skyrim start to be first concepted in Morrowind and Oblivion. And you'll have a greater appreciation for what you're doing in Skyrim as a result. So I would recommend those games if you are a huge Elder Scrolls fan, if you're a massive fan of Skyrim, check these games out. They're dirt cheap on Steam. Dirt cheap. So it's it's and it's fun. Good little break from Skyrim well, as well. Since you're talking so much, why don't you get the next email, buddy? Sure. <laughs> uh to uh poor Dave, he's not here. To Dave. Dave, uh let's see. From Connor M to Dave, Connor says, Necromancy tips. Ritual Stone makes playing fun and powerful. Who wouldn't want three giants and four mammoths following you around? Insert nerdgasm. Necromancer's amulet is also helpful with great lore behind it. This amulet is found during the Blood on the Ice quest up in Windhelm. Hope it helped. Connor M. We kept that email in there even though Dave's not here is because, well, that's a great tip for everybody. Sure. And thank you, Connor, for that tip. And hopefully Dave will listen. And speaking of Dave, our next email says, Time to give Dave a segment. The guy's a star. So funny. Every single episode. Just two cents. All four of you will be missed during your week off, but you all definitely earned it. So enjoy, Adam. Uh, you know, screw you, Adam. Uh, let's move on to the next email. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Adam. He was giving Dave a great compliment. I know. We know he is. And no, he's not getting his own segment. Um, <laughs> Dave's awesome and we love him that's why he's on more show yeah. than anybody else <laughs> I sent uh, I sent Adam a, a tongue in cheek reply to that and uh, <laughs> saying like we would I don't know I threw out like some ridiculous name that we would we would give to him and it sounded so stupid and funny I, I said oh maybe we'll consider it <laughs> but um, it's it was all you know it was tongue in cheek and it was it was joking around and <laughs> Time for Dave to grind his gears. <laughs> Dave will be thinking about this one. How's weather out there, Dave? Skyrim weather. <laughs> it's snowing. It depends, it depends, depends if you have the advanced thundermod or not. <laughs> uh, speaking of another, sounds like another Dave fan. Our next email, Lou. Get the tool time thing coming off this show. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, our next email comes from Max W. And Max writes in, Howdy y'all, your show is the perfect distraction from schoolwork on a Thursday night. So I thank all four of you. I was just wondering if you have heard about Bethesda trademarking the term Hearthfire. Could this possibly be the next DLC after Dragonborn? I'm hoping maybe a new land, for example Hammerfell, 
since I'm starting to get a little bored with the same landscapes after 500 hours of playing the game. Mm. Max W. Now, let's see. These responses, I'm assuming. All right. The following comes from Joystick and is the answer as to why Bethesda trademarked Hearthfire. Yeah, Lou, if I can just uh, interject right here before before you read this. Um, I Max, I, I did some checking for you, and I found this this uh, this article from Joystick, and it, it basically answers your exact question. So, so that was... Go ahead, Lou. <laughs> okay, and I quote, ZeniMax Media, parent company of Skyrim developer Bethesda Softworks, has filed a trademark for Hearthfire, the latest in a stream of applications related to the game. Fusible picked up on the trademark, which is a reference to a Conjuration skill book and part of the 2920 book series found in the lands of Skyrim. Feel free to read the book on the unofficial Elder Scrolls wiki. Other trademarks recently filed by the company include last month's Dragonborn and April's Fusroda. The first, yes, the first piece of Skyrim DLC, Dawnguard, will be detailed next week at the industry's mega E3 trade show. End quotes. And this is from Joystick. Right. So Hearthfire is not going to be the name of another DLC, but rather it's related to conjuration skills and, and skills that they're, they're going to put into the game. But they're trademarking these things this way, you know, no other game or no other company can, can use it. Mm-hmm. That's really all it is. It's basically the same thing as them trademarking Fus Roda. You can't use Fus Roda. It's, it's, it belongs to them. Which makes sense. Right. As you know, it's a lot of money we owe, we owe Bethesda now for saying Fus Roda. As you know, they're going to be... Uh, <laughs> you can't say Fus Roda. Next thing they're going to say they're going to yeah, do Fus Roda as a trademark. Just because of Dave. <laughs> yeah, because of Dave. Lou, you our five-star review shout-outs, buddy. Okay, our five-star review shout-outs. From America, Brian Armstrong. Very American name right mm-hmm. there. Yes. Fiji, 51217. Jabaka. My friends up north in Canada. The Omen 13. Now, why am I going to be afraid to go to bed tonight? <laughs> <laughs> for my friends across the pond, the United Kingdom. It's all Kingdom. for you, Damien. <laughs> it's all for you. It's all for you. For <laughs> <laughs> my friends across the pond, Scott Wiggin, Boredom Kills, and Bomb 49. The retweet and, mentions. Yes, the retweet mentions. Got uh, CB Fanatic, Bradley Oaks 1, Jay Bailey 1701, Early Films, Scott D 1986, Coco Hiss, Dave Lump, Gen- <laughs> Genesis 97426, <laughs> Warlock, spelled War 10CK70. Warlock 70. Nerdy Boy 0101. Epic Jedi Knight. Really should have been just named Yvonne. <laughs> oh, I knew. Oh, I oh. knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Lou, you know me so well. Someone someone hit me. <laughs> ow, ow. <laughs> Crispy Crackers. Tia underscore Marie. And LL Onslaught. LL. All right, guys, really quick. We are going to be putting out another staff hiring for our shows, which is a volunteer hiring. You don't get paid. But we are opening up a new show, and we are considering highly doing a Guild Wars 2 show. We're getting a lot of, we're seeing a lot of great reviews from it, 
and we want to hire a staff for it. However, our current staff is all stretched to our limit, but yet our fans are demanding new shows, and we got to grow. And we are more than willing to grow. That's why we have Planet Side 2 coming out. We do have hosts for that. However, we may or may not need a third share for that. So that's the game you're interested in. Please you know, email us an MP3. But we need to hire three people to do a Guild Wars 2 show. So if you are interested, please send in an MP3 in an, e- in an attached email to record at gmail.com. Just telling us about yourself, your game interests, and if you've had any experience in Guild Wars before. Uh, we would prefer experienced Guild Wars players. Um, and you must be 18 or older. We won't accept any submissions un- under the age of 18, I'm afraid. We are also looking for a first chair position for this show, someone to lead the show. Thus, we need somebody who has podcasting experience and or radio experience. So if you are wanting to first chair a show for... I just brain fodder the name of our network what is up with me <laughs> for quest for quest gaming network <laughs> then please send us also not only the mp3 but an example of your previous work whether it be a recording from a radio show or a podcast and thanks everybody for listening and i can't wait for next episode Ivarwin, what do you got man um jeez <laughs> god i never know i never know what to say for this i mean <laughs> uh i can tell you that all the all the chatter we were doing about ESO, all the chatter we're doing about Dawnguard. I mean, there's just so much you know awesome stuff coming out. You know, I I, I just I can't wait. Um, also, I'm having a an awesome time playing my Paladin. It's great to be you know playing my Paladin again, and uh, I can't wait to to log back in and get a little more gaming time with with him. Oh, uh, save the Shire. That's all I'm saying. Save the Shire campaign. Google it. Learn. Lou, what about you, man? I got stuff to kill. Let's go. No. <laughs> All right. Cool enough. That's it. We're done. Bye. I got hit 30, damn it. Let's go. I'm <laughs> so close. So close. <laughs> I can't believe you're ahead of me. I'm about to change that. How to reach us. Everything you want to know about any of our shows, the Quest Gaming Network, go to questgamingnetwork.com. We are also known as QGN, but you won't find us at QGN.com. Sorry. So questgamingnetwork.com. You can also find this show in particular at eldestrollsauthorrecord.com. All right, if you want to email us anything you want to say about the shows, anything you want to say about yourself, any questions to the host, whether it be game-related or not, please send them in to us at eldestrollsauthorrecord at gmail.com. And please take a radio survey. We still need more, more samples from everybody that we can, we can continue to improve our shows and add new ones for you guys. The Quest Gaming Network is pretty much all about keeping our fingers, if you will, on the pulse of the gaming industry. And we want to come out with the shows that you guys want to hear. And we don't know what that is until you tell us. And this radio survey is a great way to do it. It takes five minutes, and it's vastly important to our network and our shows. And you can find that right on our main site, thequestgamingnetwork.com, in the upper right-hand corner, with the white logo that has a ring with a microphone. Can't miss it. Indeed. Also, uh, we have. We want to remind you, we do provide a service called Ten Dollar Mentions. We will mention anything you would you would like for us to mention on any one of our shows for a small fee of ten dollars. Works great for other podcasts, uh, blogs, commemoration. You know, if if you know a family member or a friend of yours is a big fan of our show, and it's their birthday, we can you know shout out their name. 
Um, you know, maybe you're uh, coming out with a brand new book and, and you would like to, uh, you know, about Skyrim fan fiction. We get that too all the time. $10 gets exactly what you want and we'll, uh, we'll shout it out on the show. Don't forget, all right, go to, if you do decide to do this, if you feel it's for you, all right, go to questgamingnetwork.com, utilize the donation tab that's, uh, that's on the top of the site. And don't forget to fill out the instructions for, uh, for PayPal to let us know exactly what you would like to have said about your product or about the, the, uh, the event. And we'll be more than happy to, to fill it out. All right. And don't forget about our other shows. We have Diablo Off the Record that records every Friday at 6 p.m. Minecraft Off the Record records every Sunday at 7 p.m. And Star Wars Off the Record every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all Eastern Time. All recorded live at livestream.com forward slash the quest show. Um, you can also go to our, our main website and go to QGN TV and we'll take you right there as well. Our Twitter for this show is at Elder Scrolls OTR. You can find me at author J.R. Wilson. Mr. Evarwin is at E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. And Lou can be found at the lore Ma- Oh, no, wait. Uh, that was your <laughs> private one. Sorry. Uh, at GamerGuy11B. Dave can be found at D-Enforce. And no, I'm not going to do that. D I E N F O R C I. God, I was really hoping for an episode without that. <laughs> Force. <laughs> Force. <laughs> Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Earth Network, and I just want to say, Foose for all you all next week. SaveTheShire.com. Take care, everyone. Be safe. May the force be with you. Take care, everyone. Thank you all for being here. Hope to see you all again next week. Fusildar!